0: What a day. We've got a lot of things that we are going to talk about. One, one's getting to be one of my favorites, but it shouldn't be. It's very scary. Uh, U.S. President Donald Trump, we got to get to that in just a minute. i got to play you two things. If you are a Trump supporter, I need you to pick up the phone. I need you to let me know what it is that endears you to this man. Please. 519-643-2222. That's 519 519-643. 643 Twenty-two, twenty-two. You can always email Mike at 980cfpl.ca. More on that in just a moment. We are also going to be talking about something that, that came out last night that, again, you have to take the old magnifying glass, the old fine-tooth comb, wherever that is. Anybody use a comb anymore? Really, does anyone use a comb anymore? I suppose women with really long hair, the comb still helps, Right. Or are we just a completely brush-filled society? But that old fine-tooth comb, that would help you to pick out all kinds of little tidbits in legislation. Well, we had, of course, the changes to the driving under the influence, impaired driving legislation come into effect. And Sean O'Shea of Global News did a great job with his fine-tooth comb. I don't know whether or not he uses one, but he was able to pick up on something. And we're going to get to that In a half hour from now, and I want to get your thoughts on it because the way I understand it, and we'll wait for Sean and his report, but the way I understand it is police officers can come to your house after you've returned home and ask for a breath sample, and you need to give them that breath sample. Wait a minute. What? What if I come home and crack a beer? What happens then? So, we'll talk about that. We're also going to talk about the fact that a 10-year-old on Instagram was allegedly lured by a man in Hamilton. So, that becomes a a little concerning for a number of reasons. Immediately, people are going to say, what is a 10-year-old doing on Instagram? And I will argue with you in about an hour from now if you say a 10-year-old should not be on Instagram. Because... I don't necessarily see a problem for it. And in fact, if you look at giving a phone to a kid, maybe 10 is, is negotiable, but certainly by 12, they should be on social media. And if you want to argue that one, I'll take you through why. If kids are not on social media, they become outcast. If kids do not have a phone by, say, I'd say 12 years old, You can negotiate through that 10, 11, 12-year-old spot, but certainly by 10 years old, if they do not have a phone, then all of a sudden, they are outcast. They are not able to communicate like everybody else. And you would say, well, why don't they just go and play outside? Yeah, well, they don't. That's the thing. You can't say, well, this is the way it should be. We should go back to the good old days. Uh, okay, but the good old days are gone. So conform. It's like someone who says, I don't have a computer. I think it's fantastic if someone is living life without a computer right now, but don't then complain about things that you need to have a computer for. Well, we only do that online. Yeah, but I don't have a computer. I don't know what to tell you. I, I really don't know what to say. You've chosen not to have a computer. I still think that's great. I wish I didn't have all of the gadgets and stuff, I, but I need them to be connected in the way that I work. So... That's kind of the way it is. I need them to be connected to my family, to my children. It's kind of the way we communicate. So I need them. 519-643-2222. I haven't even played my Donald Trump clips yet. And I can't wait for you to hear these if you have not heard them already. But I did ask for one thing, and you guys are always the best listeners ever, I asked for anyone who is a Donald Trump supporter to please give me a call and help me understand what it is that endears you to this man. Bill, can you help me to understand, please?
1: Hey, Mike, how's it going?
0: I'm not too bad. Okay, um,
1: geez, so yeah, i, I just... I I love talking to you and stuff. Um, I kind of consider myself a little bit more of a level-headed uh, conservative or or a or Republican, really. But uh, I think what so many people love about Trump is he's the world's greatest agent for locker turn.
0: He like like Milo
1: Yiannopoulos or or Gavin McInnes. Uh, he gets the ball rolling. He gets people talking about stuff that people would never talk about if he if he wouldn't be such an arrogant, big loud mouth guy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bill, you've spelled it out beautifully, because you're right, and and it's important to talk. That's what we're doing right now. Do you think that maybe we could find a role that is not president of the United States, have him doing similar things, creating similar discussions, but just not quite have the hands on the reins to the point he does?
1: <sighs> to be honest, like, I kind of think that being president is the best place he could be right now. He's uh, he's getting his point across to the most people he could. Um
0: I, and I, I honestly, I'm on the page where I like what he's
1: saying. I'm on a different page than you, so okay. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much. I'm just saying, I'm loving what he's doing. Uh, I could care less if he gets this stupid border wall down there. Uh, I, we're <laughs> Canadian. Why do we even care? It's not a border with us, so why are we even talking about that stuff? But. Uh, yeah, I, I just like the guy. I think he's he's hilarious sometimes listening to. Even even if you don't agree with him, it's it's funny listening to the guy.
0: But so again, uh, I, I don't I don't I love being entertained, but I don't necessarily need entertainment from the president of the United States. I, I, I totally
1: understand that, but he's entertaining 50% of the time, and then the other 50% of the time, he is right down to the books, right down to the nitty gritty, and he's getting stuff done. And uh, that's what I, I kind of think is. Yeah, we, we've we reached that day, day and age nowadays where our prime minister is a, uh, is a drama teacher and uh, the president of the United States is a, is a TV star. So I think it's just kind of where we're at now, Mike, and I don't think there's any turning back for us anymore.
0: Bill, great talking to you. Take care. Yep, have a good one, Mike. <laughs> well, here's why I do think we need to talk about Donald Trump and the wall. And Bill makes a good point. I mean, this is not a wall separating... Canada and the United States. He's not threatening that Canada will have to pay for the wall. But here's the thing that I really don't like about Donald Trump. The idea that he will accuse any number of people of lying or of taking something in a direction it should never go in. But then I want to play you a little something from Global News right now. This is Donald Trump commenting on the wall.
2: Uh, just a couple of things, because uh, I know the fake news likes to say it. When during the campaign, I would say Mexico's going to pay for it, obviously, I never said this and I never meant they're going to write out a check. I said they're going to pay for it. They are. They are paying for it with the incredible deal we made called the United States, Mexico, and Canada, USMCA deal. It's a trade deal. It has to be approved by Congress. It probably will be, other than maybe they even hold that up because they want to have, you know, they want to do as much harm as they can, only because of the 2020 presidential election. So, Mexico is paying for the wall indirectly. And when I said Mexico will pay for the wall, I've heard of thousands and thousands of people. Obviously, they're not going to write a check, but they are paying for the wall indirectly. Many, many times over by the really great trade deal we just made. Congress has to approve the deal.
0: Okay, that's Donald Trump, and that's what he said. Mexico is not paying. He never said Mexico was going to pay for the wall in that way, right? Is that what we take from it? Okay, I want to play you a clip from Global News, and this comes from August twenty eighth, 2017.
3: And still to have Mexico pay for the wall.
2: Yes, it will. One way or the other, Mexico is going to pay for the wall. That's Uh, right. uh, It may be through reimbursement, but one way or the other, Mexico will pay for the wall. Can we
3: hear
0: that, Matt, one
3: more time? And still to have Mexico pay for the wall.
2: Yes, it will. One way or the other, Mexico is going to pay for the wall. That's Uh, right. uh, It may be through reimbursement, but one way or the other, Mexico
0: will pay for the wall. This is what troubles me about Donald Trump. That's it. You know, I have no problem with the man. But this this kind of thing troubles me. This is why I can't believe how many supporters he has. And Bill outlined it. He believes Donald Trump is getting things done. Well, he is trying to check all of the boxes that he has laid out. Do you commend him for that? I guess we have to. But you can't stand there and say, no, I never said that. We live in a society where we can easily go back to August 28th, 2017, and say, yeah, uh, you did say that. You said it right there. And it wasn't that you said indirectly or through a trade deal or don't. How stupid do you think we are? How little intelligence do you think we have? They won't do, uh, it won't be, it'll be indirectly. No, that's not what you said. You said, well, they'll reimburse us, but they will pay for the wall. And now we're at a standstill in U.S. government. 519-643-2222. Bob, how do you feel today?
4: I'm feeling pretty good, Mike. Hey, I'm a Trump supporter. You know, I don't worship the man, but I like what he's doing. Look, I was like, it was clips you just played there. He said one way or another. Well, he's doing it one way or another, indirectly through yeah, the... Give
0: uh, me a break. He well, is now is trying to highlight his USMCA. There's no proof that that is paying for the wall in the way that he meant it in August of 2017.
5: No way. Okay, well,
4: uh, Mike, yeah, well, we can interpret that differently. Now, like, Look, every politician says one thing and, and does another. We can point fingers at every... Oh, well, let's bring this up. Interesting fact. You probably know about it, though. Um... You, you know how against uh, Schumer and Pelosi and Clinton and uh, somebody else I can't think of it right now, they're they're you know they're against this wall. Obama, right? Obama, he was in the mix too. Well, did, did you see the footage that they're showing and that you can go see on YouTube from? Well, actually, when Obama was a governor, he said we need a wall. We need protection. We we can't let illegal immigrants in to our country. They're doing great harm. Schumer said it, Pelosi said it, Clinton said it during a campaign. Every one of them said it, that they wanted protection and money for the border, to put a wall up a barrier of some type. So so who's worse here? Now they're all saying they don't want a wall. Because really what's going on here, let's get down to browse talks, that out, Trump's an outsider, he's not an establishment politician, He's not, he's not paid by lobbyists. He's not in with the deep state. And they want him out because they're going to ruin the country club in Washington. That's it. And, and the fact that they, they lost to a guy who's not a politician, they can't stand it. The, the, the left is completely insane. Like they've gone over the, way over the barrier of being insane. So these people are hypocrites. If you want to call Trump a hypocrite, but look at these people that's stopping him from doing anything, especially with this wall. Now, do you think it's okay, Mike, or anybody else out there, for, for, uh, for an American citizen to get killed, like in the last two weeks, the two people who got killed, the police officer, a known, a known uh, uh, criminal, two DUIs, the one, the one woman last a couple years ago, last year, guy was uh, killed by uh, an illegal immigrant who was sent out of the country 12 times raped and killed and it goes on and on
0: and on but here's the thing is a wall going to keep that person out yeah, because it, one yeah, of the other is. no it isn't yeah, it because is. people will climb over no, it no, they'll no, come no. Oh, through come it they'll fly yeah, Mike, over
4: it give me a break Mike, Mike, come on that's a weak argument Do you have a fence? Do you have a fence around your house does Nancy Pelosi have a fence around her mansion? Does Chuck Schumer? The, everywhere, people put up walls. Do
0: I expect that fence to keep someone who wants to break into my house, who really, really, really wants to get in? Do I expect them? I have a lock on my door, too. I don't expect that to work. If somebody really, really, really wants to get in, they'll get yeah, but in.
4: You but you have a safeguard there. You have, you have I cameras. I have a privacy fence. Yeah, it's yeah. not a safeguard. Well, sure, it's a but, privacy but fence. People put people put surveillance systems outside their house so they can see what's going on outside sure. Inside. right sure we all do this stuff because we know there's people out there that now you can't talk about a country so you say it's not it's not logical to put a border where people are coming in illegally i have no problem mike with immigrants none whatsoever i'm not a racist i'm not a i'm not prejudiced against anybody but i know one thing you better come in through the front door and say who you are what your intentions are what you're bringing to the country how you can make the country better. Okay. Are you an asset? Are, are you willing to assimilate to this country? Are you coming here as an M13 member or a drug person or, or a rapist or a pedophile? Or who knows who's coming over that border? There
0: are a lot of people who get in legally. A lot of the people who you're describing oh, yeah, don't see, come in see, legally right well, now, and a wall's not keeping them up. Bob, I've got to Okay, wait, 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 One wait, wait, more wait,
4: point, and then I've got to move yeah, on. Okay. Do did you, did you, you see the Arizona border? We, we, I've been seeing this image for the last week. There's a road, and there's a fence. And on one side is Mexico with nothing but desert. On the other side, over maybe a 10-foot fence, okay, is neighborhoods, subdivisions. These people, every day, and they speak out, they say, people jump that fence every day, and they come through our yards. We don't know who they are. You, would you, you see, we're removed by thousands of miles. But put yourself in a position of people living on the Mexican uh, or on the California, Texas, and Arizona borders. In their backyard, this is happening every day. Now, if you were there, it would be a different story. I can guarantee any of us would be chiming in saying, get that barrier up there because I'm tired of living like this, wondering if the criminal is going to come here, break in my house, kill my family or whatever. You see, you've got to read between the lines, sir, Mike. These people, these paloozies, these schumers, these, these guys are con people, con artists. They wanted the wall and I don't, now they don't because it's Trump bottom line, it's Trump. They don't want that guy to win a thing because it's Trump. You don't um, like his attitude? Who cares? I want to see somebody gets the job done, like a George Patton or a Winston Churchill. I don't care if the guy swears like a drunken sailor. Get the job done. And we don't have that. We have a flake here in Canada. Same kind of person. He'd fit in great with Pelosi and Schumer over there.
0: (laughs) Bob, i got to move on. Thanks so much for the points. All right, buddy. All right, take care. 519-643-2222. We've got a couple of James to get to. First, James, how are things? Good, in yourself? Not too bad.
6: Excellent. That guy, he's drinking the Trump Kool-Aid. Um, and you don't seem to
0: be so let me know how you're feeling about all of this
6: well first of all any of the governors along that border have not spoken up in support of Trump for that massive wall because of the land grabs of their ranchers in Texas and etc and there has been more mass shootings by non-immigrants in the United States than there has been in any of the other countries
7: great stuff great stuff and
6: the trade the trade Exactly. The trade deal, all that money that Mexico and the U.S. is getting, it goes to the Treasury Board. It does not go to any of the wall, and the president does not have a say on where that money goes to. So he's just, like, sending up, blowing smoke up people's, um, yeah, Yeah. sending up wrong smoke signals. And if he watched, and if Bob watched CNN, it was a Canadian uh, from the Toronto Star, I can't remember his name, He was the one that pointed out nine out of ten things Trump said were all wrong.
0: And we've seen that, we've seen it over and over. And I mean, I I understand the appeal... Of Donald Trump in that it's the idea that he does get things done. And if you want to point to the fact that our own prime minister is not really getting a lot done and is, you know, inheriting big oil pipelines that cost billions and billions of dollars because he couldn't get anything done, I can understand that argument. But at the same time, yeah. it bothers me when somebody says, no, I didn't say that. Nope, that's yeah. not true. And a- it actually exactly. is.
6: Exactly. That's, And I wouldn't even buy a car off of Trump.
0: James, thanks. All right. Have a good one. That's a great line. 519-643-2222. One more call, and then we've got to take a break. Second, James, how are things?
8: Sorry, James. I'm I'm James number one, definitely. <laughs> All but, right. You can be James.
0: Um, one and 1A. Can we do that?
8: <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I'm one, and he's 1A. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I actually watch Fox News as a – I'm a uh, – I'm a left on the left, and I watch Fox News on purpose all the time, just so I can see what's happening and what, I can see what they're they're learning. And, and really, it's just they're poisoning their minds the entire time, and they they overlook um, you know everything, and they try to wash it all under the table, and it's just a constant brainwashing and um, fallacious arguments and. And, uh, I mean, just uh, Sarah Huckabee Sanders was on a Fox News show, and even the Fox News host, was she said, there's over 4,000 terrorists that have been arrested in in the last year. And he says, you know, I looked at that stat, and I I found out that only 12 of them came over the Mexican border, maybe 12. Uh, And so if you divide 12 by 1,000, it comes out to 0.0003. And uh, so if you put just a little bit of that money that he wants for the the border wall you would definitely cover those 12 people so there's <laughs> there's no way that that this border wall makes any sense at all because it is the, the money that is going into nothing he just wants it as a a political thing and i was watching the 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 um the his speech and i was watching the fox news coverage on on youtube and i was watching all the people uh, chatting and they were all like build that wall build that wall the wall is com- coming in one two in three two one and then Trump got on he talked and he and everybody was expecting him to uh, Declare a national emergency and saying that he's going to build the wall and then it was a very short speech and at the end all the people that were on the chat were like no I can't <laughs> believe it. This is bull crap. So yeah, I mean they're they're really upset about this and I'm glad because, you know, he's never going to build that wall, and he's never going to get it. And, and I mean, uh, Pelosi and Schumer might be idiots, but they're right. They, there's no reason to build this wall, and it's racist. It's insulting.
0: Hey, James, thanks he, he, he for that. you're banning brown people. Hey, I really appreciate the call. Thanks. Take care. We've got to take a quick break. Uh, Thanks so much for all the feedback. That is great stuff. We'll either keep the conversation going or there are a few other things that we have to talk about as well, including what if a police officer knocked at your door after you had driven home and asked you for a breath test? They can't do that, can they? Well, just a second. This is Global News Radio 980 CFPL. Thank you for making things lively today. I don't know. Do we send a thank you note to the President of the United States? He can make things lively most days. We'll continue to talk more about this in just a few minutes. First, we've got news with Jacqueline LaBelle. This is Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. I know that I'm naive to want honesty in politics. That's like asking for the sky to turn green. I'd like a green sky. How about you? Maybe every once in a while, maybe every Saturday we mix it up. Make it orange. That's the same thing. You're not going to get honesty in politics. And anybody who goes in believing that that's going to happen quickly changes. Because that's not the way the game works. I just don't want people to treat the rest of us like we are stupid. And I really feel that U.S. President Donald Trump has done just that. If you haven't heard the two clips that we played earlier in the show, here's the first one.
2: Uh, Just a couple of things, uh, because I know the fake news likes to say it. When during the campaign, I would say Mexico's going to pay for it. Obviously, I never said this and I never meant they're gonna write out a check. I said they're gonna pay for it. They are. They are paying for it with the incredible deal we made called the United States, Mexico, and Canada, USMCA deal. It's a trade deal. It has to be approved by Congress. It probably will be, other than maybe they even hold that up because they want to have, you know, they want to do as much harm as they can, only because of the 2020 presidential election. So, Mexico is paying for the wall indirectly. And when I said Mexico will pay for the wall, I've heard of thousands and thousands of people. Obviously, they're not going to write a check, but they are paying for the wall indirectly many, many times over by the really great trade deal we just made. Congress has to approve the deal.
0: Okay, and Congress does have to. Okay, so it's not approved yet, but they are paying. They are paying. And remember, he named it the U.S. Mexico Canada Agreement. He needs a little cheat sheet. Here is what Donald Trump said on August 28, 2017, regarding the wall.
3: And still to have Mexico pay for the wall.
2: Yes, it will. One way or the other, Mexico is going to pay for the wall. That's right. Uh, uh, It may be through reimbursement, but one way or the other, Mexico will pay for the wall.
0: And this is not about Mexico paying for the wall. This is not about the wall. This is about treating people like they're intelligent. This is about not talking down to people. I know that Donald Trump is a powerful business person and whether or not he's a self-made man, well, there's been some speculation on that. A few tax filings have kind of come out into the public eye, and they show that, no, your dad didn't just lend you a million dollars and you paid that back. A little different than that. Check out the New York Times, and they have all kinds of Information for you to read through. You can love it, you can hate it, you can leave it alone, you can light it on fire. It doesn't matter. It is out there, and it's hard to refute. So, is it too much to ask that we just have someone who doesn't treat people like they're dumb? 519-643-2222. Marilyn, great to hear it from is. you.
9: Well, thank you for taking my call, dear. I think the man, and I've always thought so right from the beginning. He's a colossal jackass. And I told, um, I've said that on the radio before. But anyway, one thing about him, though, he provides fodder for my favorite comedian, Steve Colbert.
0: Well, that's he provides fodder for just about anybody. He's providing fodder for London Live on Global News Radio 980 CFPL right now.
9: Well, I'll tell you something right now. I'm not for the wall, and I don't think he'll ever get the $3 billion. But if he keeps the government shut down, there's an awful lot of people that are going to suffer. I heard one poor woman being interviewed yesterday, and she said she can't pay her mortgage. And they can't pay their food. They can't pay their the kids' tuitions, and so on and so on and so on and so on. And I think that's disgraceful.
0: Well, he's in, he's in a fight right now, and he's a guy who's willing to fight, even if things like that are going on. I don't know that this ends anytime soon. Marilyn's one, one thing I'll say about it. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe
9: he lets his wife have a dog.
0: Wow! Wow! That's a good shot, that Marilyn. (laughs) Thank you for thank you. I'm I'm going to look that up. I believe they doesn't every president have a dog? Well, look
9: at I'm just kidding. Oh, I know you you are, my dear. I I think too much of you to hurt your feelings. Oh,
0: you haven't hurt. It's hard to hurt my feelings, Marilyn. Thanks so much for the call. Okay,
9: dear. Bye, bye.
0: Doesn't every president have to have a dog, though? I'm sure they have a dog. Melania, does she have one of those purse dogs that kind of pokes its head out and then can go back in? It's kind of like a turtle. Look, we got a dog. That's a turtle. No, it's a dog, really. Patrick, you get the last word on this.
10: Hey, Mike. How you doing? Not bad. Good, good. So, I'm listening to all the callers. Um, I I do consider myself a conservative, uh, kind of central Right. But I think the reason why Trump receives so much support is because of what the left has done. You have, if you you look at it in perspective, any celebrity, whether it be uh, an actor, an actress, or or sports person, if they supported Donald Trump, they would be shouted down. And a lot of people see that, and they're disgusted by it, including myself. So it's almost like out of contempt. You're just like, you know, we are going to support him. It's, it's it's very frustrating how the left has positioned themselves. And I'll tell you the exact day. It's locked into my memory. I was at a pub uh, watching the whole shakedown of the, the states changing. And to be blatantly honest with you, there was such a, a joy in seeing the expressions on people's faces as each state went red, red, and Florida went red, and you have... Uh, you know, the Clinton newscast, uh, or CNN, and uh, another one, Young Turks, and all these people that had these predictions that Clinton was going to landslide them, but the lizard lady didn't win. And, you know, honestly, this is what the states wanted. This is because the, the states went, ex- the pendulum went extremely far left, and now it's swinging way right. And if you look at the economy in the states, it is doing better. In its first 100 days of in-office, there were hundreds of jobs created, hundreds of thousands of jobs created. He fought for certain companies to stay in the States opposed to going down to Mexico. There are positives to the man. Is he eloquent in front of the microphone? God, no. <laughs> Is he, should he you know have handcuffs on his hands when he's touching his computer like when he's doing his Twitter feeds? Definitely. But as a president, it's, I think it's what America kind of needs right now from what they had from before.
0: Patrick, thank you for ending the conversation about this on that. That was great. Thanks. Have, Have a, great a great day. day. Huh? That's, that sums it up. And I love the analogy of the pendulum because you can take that through history. When things go too far one way, you bet the momentum is going to swing back the other way. And we see that pendulum anywhere, whether it's in business, whether it's in social causes, whether it is in politics. And it goes back and forth. The left, yeah, I mean, you can fault all kinds of things that have happened. Absolutely. And in the end, you know, this is what we're left with. There is some shaky ground. And that's, that's kind of the concern. But at least, and this is something that made me happy About what I've seen from Donald Trump as a leader in the United States. That he didn't go and make his address and say, as James had pointed out, that we're going to be in an emergency state. Because the power that comes with that, the things that he is allowed to do, take away a lot of democratic out of the democracy that is the United States. And I'm glad that that didn't happen because he could have. And he still could. There are some scary things that he would have power over and pretty complete controlled power. So that at least made me happy. We'll see what comes next. Just please stop treating us like we're idiots. (sighs) Next up, what if somebody knocks at your door that somebody was a police officer and they asked you to do something you didn't believe that they could ever ask you to do? We'll get to that story in a moment. This is Global News Radio 980 CFPL. Let's give some credit to something here. There was something that appeared on 980cfpl.ca and the Global News website last night. And when it comes out at night, sometimes, you know, we get busy. We get doing things. So I wanted to make sure that we didn't miss this completely. So I want to draw some big attention to it. It's an article that is written by Sean O'Shea of Global News. And it talks about changes to Section 253 of the Criminal Code, which took effect in December. We all know changes. See, I'm I'm not much of a criminal code reader. I, I wasn't reading it last night as I sat back, didn't pour a glass of wine and curl up with the criminal code. But Section 253, that became well known because that's the section that deals with impaired driving. So, we did have changes that took place in December, and I think we spent a long time outlining what those changes would be. Uh, We talked to people about what that would mean. We talked with London Police Constable Brad Yo, made sure that we understood, okay, here's, here's what police are allowed to do now, and here's why it's being done, and I think it was very clear. And then Sean O'Shea of Global News comes up with a little something that introduces maybe a, a spot that we didn't see. I don't know if this is in the fine print. Here's Sean to spell it out.
2: This is probably the first time I've ever been ever been pulled over uh, by a policeman in probably 40, 50 years.
0: Art is 70
7: nice years area. old and got a taste last weekend of Canada's new impaired driving laws pulled over in Mississauga because a police officer saw him dropping off empties at a beer store Saturday noon. I felt like I was violated. New federal impaired driving laws give police sweeping powers to pull over drivers.
2: Should you make the criminal choice to drive under the influence of alcohol or drug, the likelihood of getting caught is about to increase exponentially because the police have
5: new authorities and new tools.
7: Art had not been drinking. He says the officer didn't like the number of bottles being returned. The officer insisted he give a breath sample, which he did, and he passed.
2: So I saw you at the beer store, and to me, you were taking back what looked like, in my opinion, an excessive amount, amount of bottles.
7: The officer has absolute legal justification to stop the individual, question him, and then without any evidentiary or reasonable basis, demand a roadside sample. Criminal Drop defense lawyer Joseph Neuberger explains so the new rules another way. There is no rights at the side of the road now. You'll have to provide it and if you don't provide that sample, it's a criminal offense with a serious fine and a one-year suspension. till this year, police needed a reason to ask for a breath sample. Now they don't. Not in the car or elsewhere. The law says you can be charged up to two hours after you were driving. For example, you could be inside a bar where you're drinking. The law lets the police go inside and demand you produce a breath sample if they believe you may have been drinking. Refuse and you'll be charged and will likely be convicted. Now imagine you've gone home and someone makes a report about your earlier driving. Police arrive at the house, knock on the door, person answers the door, and they say, sir, we've had a complaint about your driving. Uh, we need you to provide a roadside sample. And the person's been drinking. And let's say at that point they provide a sample and they're over the limit. They can be charged and now have an onus to establish that they were not intoxicated or over the limit at the time of driving. Almost impossible to prove you weren't impaired earlier. And that, lawyers say, will be a problem and likely lead to a court challenge. Sean O'Shea, Global News.
0: Hmm. Interesting stuff. What do you think of it? Is that okay? I mean, we get to a point where you can say, hey, do whatever you want. Ask about whatever you want. Sean had interviewed the man who was returning empties and was questioned by police and asked to take a breathalyzer test because of the number of empties he was returning and because of some other suspicion that they may have had. So... He blows into the breathalyzer, and he's okay. Is that all right? See, I'm the kind of guy who lives and says, yeah, you want to ask me a question? I'm going to answer your question. You want to ask me to take a breathalyzer test? In my mind, I almost want to prove to you that I'm not doing anything wrong. But that's just my own personality. I'm like that. I, I follow rules. I think... My wife and I got lucky as parents because both of us are like that. We like to follow the rules. And so we had two kids who seemed to inherently want to follow the rules. And so it's pretty easy to parent people who are trying to follow the rules. But in this case, does that bother you that police could do that? Could ask you and, and that you would have to say, yeah, I'll blow into that. No problem. I want to prove to you that I am clean, that I am not driving impaired. I have no problem doing that whatsoever. In my mind, the people who will have a problem with that are the people who are worried that when they blow into that breathalyzer, they blow over. Is there another concern that you might have? I mean, we can talk about, you know, we can take this in a direction if you want to about, oh, well, this just will lead to a police state and then we'll have no rights, no freedoms. No, I don't think that's what this is about. But it is about making people accountable. I don't have a problem with that. You want to leave a breathalyzer outside the beer store and I have to blow into it before I go in? I never had a problem with bars and restaurants who had a breathalyzer so that you could check. That's not a a bad thing. And it always had a sign that said, you know, this may not be completely accurate. Just, Just saying. But at least it's a Check. I mean, we're getting to the point where if you have one drink or two drinks, you probably shouldn't drive. 519-643-2222. We've got some time to talk about this. And, Gary, you are first up.
3: Hey, Mike. How are you, bud? Not too bad. That's good. Happy New Year, by the way. Happy New Year. Hey. Um, so what happens if uh, somebody borrowed your car? Exactly. And, and they drop it off to if- your house and they leave and... This, you know, a cop comes up and says, "Hey, we got a report about your driving," and you are at home. You've been home all day, and you've had a couple of beers. How do you? How do they prove that you were the one who was driving? Yeah, it's I, like this. It's like the red light thing.
0: You bring up a, a really good part because I only I only took the breathalyzer point and the guy returning the empties, but you've gotten to maybe the best part about this and the trickiest part about this. You have gone home, and you have then cracked a beer or had a glass of rum and coke doesn't matter what it is how do you differentiate between the fact that yeah you're allowed to do that in your home you're just not allowed to do that before you drive
3: that's right so if somebody borrows your car let's say and maybe they haven't been you know maybe they had a beer i don't know maybe they didn't drink at all but you know they reached down to grab uh you know a wrapper off their thing and you know swerved a little bit somebody sees that reports it a cop shows up at your house you haven't left your house all day. You know, you're still in your jammy bottoms, but you got a beer in your hand. And he says, well, we got uh, somebody reported your car, your plate. And you go, but I wasn't even driving it. How do they prove that it was you?
0: I don't know. You've got to somehow prove in that case. That it wasn't you driving. And that becomes the difficulty. And we're going to have to take a break in just a second, but hopefully we can keep talking about this after news. One of the other things that you always heard, and this is one of those, you know, kind of old legends. I don't know if it does work, but if you were pulled over for drunk driving and you all of a sudden sat down and took a swig and then said, well, yeah, but I wasn't drinking and driving, but I'm drinking now then there would be an issue there how is this different from that
3: yeah but i think the intoxication level on the on the meter mm-hmm. would would dictate that right but if i've been home all day and my buddy borrows my car drives like an idiot and you know comes back drops car off and says hey everything was great thanks for <laughs> letting me use your car and you know gets in an uber and goes home what do I do? Now i got to say, oh, now you got to go visit my buddy who was actually driving my car to prove that I wasn't. I thought when you go to a court of law, they
0: have to, they have to prove you wrong. Instead of you having to prove that you prove are right. yourself right. Yeah. yeah. I, it's going to be ugly, my friend. I, Gary, you've, you've raised perfect issues. Thank you for that. Have a day, buddy. Bye-bye. We have to take a break, and we'll come back, and we'll let you know what else is coming up in Hour 2 of the show, but we will continue this conversation as well. So if you're on hold, please stay on hold. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Sean O'Shea of Global News introduced something last night, Section 253 of the Criminal Code that we all know about, where we had changes to impaired driving laws. Well, as has been spelled out, you have an opportunity for police now if, they are suspicious. And James emailed, and, and you know what? He made a good point, saying the officer has to have a suspicion that the person is intoxicated. There has to be some type of reason for a stop called a primary. Were you swerving over the line, et cetera? They can't just pull over random people except at a checkpoint. That's, that's very good. So there has to be a suspicion. But as Gary said, there are all of those extenuating circumstances. We'll continue the conversation in a minute. If you're on hold, please wait on hold. You'll get to hear Jacqueline LaBelle. Through your phone. You can hear her on the radio next. She has news. This is Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. We're continuing our conversation about the revised laws, Section 253 of the Criminal Code of Canada on impaired driving. And Sean O'Shea of Global News brought it to light that the public has kind of missed this one, but it has been found saying that Canada's revised laws on impaired driving could see police demand breast samples from people in bars, restaurants, or even at home. You a note from Frank saying, cut to the chase. Have a legal opinion on the air. Well, we've reached out for a lot of legal opinions and haven't been able to get any today. Perhaps tomorrow, Frank, that's something I will aim to do, but I can give you some of the information that is quoted in Sean O'Shea's story very quickly before we go back to the phones. Paul Doroshenko is a Vancouver criminal defense lawyer, and he specializes in impaired driving cases, and He said it's ridiculous. This is basically criminalizing you having a drink at your kitchen table. That's according to a defense lawyer. And someone, again, who specializes in impaired driving. And then Joseph Neuberger is a Toronto criminal defense lawyer. And he says, the public has completely missed this one. He describes a scenario in which someone has gone home, watches a hockey game, enjoys a few beers, gets a knock on the door from police. They had received a tip about someone in the house who was driving a vehicle suspiciously. And he says, quote, the person answers the door and they say, sir, we've had a complaint about your driving. We need you to provide a sample and he says if it's a serious erosion of civil civil liberties in this case and he says husbands or wives in the course of separations would drop the dime on their partner and he says the potential for the law's abuse is definitely there. So, Frank, at least that gives a little insight into what some criminal defense lawyers are saying and certainly some lawyers who specialize in impaired driving cases. 519-643-2222, out of town, one 354 We'll get to some more emails in a minute, but thank you, CJ, so much for hanging on. How do you feel about this?
11: Um. Hey, Mike, how are you? Not bad. Um, honestly, man, the... The fact they can pull you over and breathalyze you any time, I don't, don't disagree with that at all. I think that's great. If you're driving a vehicle, you should not have a drink on you. Uh, but just the scary thing is, and you know, as, as a younger guy, on Friday after work, if I go to the beer store and I pick up a case of beer and I go home and someone says I was driving suspiciously, and that hour, hour and a half it takes for the cops to get there, I mean, I could put away four or five beers back in the day in that time. Right. So yep. even if I had even if I had not had a single drink beforehand and then I get home, I get home from work, I have a shower, I have some drinks and I get a knock on the door. That's what that's the real worrisome problem. That's the, what really worries me.
0: From what the, the lawyers have said, it is in the two hours after you have driven that you are still basically in that window where they can say here is your blood alcohol level and it shouldn't be over 80 milligrams.
11: And, and and that and I think that's absurd because just imagine you get off work on a Friday and the cop sees you leaving the LCBO and he goes knocks on your door you know an hour and forty five minutes later, I mean in that time on a Friday after work you could definitely you know have a, have some drinks that would put your alcohol limit over.
0: You definitely could. CJ, thanks yeah, for the yeah. call. Thanks, man. Have a great day. Five one nine six four three twenty two twenty two. We'll go to Robbie. Hey, Robbie.
5: Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, I, um, I think, you know, you guys are picking away at minutiae right now, like uh, little technical things, but I think you have to look at the big picture. This is an absolute invasion of our privacy and uh, personal liberties. It basically, you know, it gives the police, uh, you know, Gestapo powers to stop you any time. And you say, well, they have to have a reasonable sus- suspicion. Well, the fact is the police, you know, can, if they stop you and they're wrong, they just make up a reasonable position. They do it all the time. Um you know it's uh, it's great that you're one of these rules followers, and i you know I respect you for that but but basically uh, you know the rules followers that's they're just turning us into sheeple um you know uh the thing is that the the government always just making up more rules, more regulations to give them more power and us less liberty and freedom. And they're trying to turn us into, you know, obedient tax slaves. That's basically what it's all about. And, you know, Trudeau just bought the media for $600 million so that we all get the same tap from from the mainstream media news. Um, you know, the the education system is terrible. Everybody knows it. The people are getting out of grade 12 and, and can't read the back of a soup can. Um you know, they're just, it's a terrible system because it's a public system and, uh, they're, they're indoctrinating kids right from, from kindergarten on up to, um, you know, into the, uh, you know, the, the liberal idealism and, uh, for, and, uh, the, you know, turning it, trying to turn us into globalists and, uh, social justice warriors. Um you know people who they they want us to hate our borders and our and our nationalism and our Canadian culture and our history i mean it 's just you got to look at the big picture and see what's going on here. And this is just another nail in the coffin of, you know, the type of personal freedoms that we used to have. Like I remember when I was a kid, you know, you, you had a boat, you just put it in the water and you went and you went fishing. Now you need a license and a trailer license and insurance and this and that. When I was a kid, you could just, you had a snowmobile, you went out and snowmobiled, you didn't, Yeah, I have to pay licenses and insurance and trail fees and all this. It's just, uh, it's one thing after another. Seatbelts and, um, you know, it's just. It's just one thing after another, and now they can stop you whenever they they want just uh, just because the, they think they have the the right to do that and because so some you know we believe that these politicians are 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 in there in our best interest and they're not they're in there for their best interest and I mean, let, let me throw this
0: they, okay you've made some great points. let me throw this at you though we have tried to cut down drinking and driving forever. And this, this is something I wonder about. We've tried to cut down on drinking and driving. The statistics show it still happens basically at the same rate it always has. People are still drinking and driving. What if this is just a hope that if we say suspicion, if we leave it ambiguous, that maybe that gets people thinking? Is there any merit to that in your mind?
5: Look, you can't live in a risk-free society if you want to have personal liberty and freedom. People are always going to be jerks. People are always going to be idiots. Do you think Do you think that by making more laws that restrict the rights of the non-lawbreakers that that's a solution? Well, that's what the politicians say. It's like with gun laws. You know, they say, well, uh, you know, we, we, we have to put more restrictions on legal gun owners, and they do nothing about the criminals that are using the guns because the criminals get their guns underground and they don't give a shit about, or care about the law, and so you know they just more and more restrictions on lawful gun owners. You got to go through hoops just to get any kind of a permit, and they say it's for your personal freedom, but it's not. It's it's taken away your freedom. It's the it's the the, the, the gangsters and the illegal guns they got to go after, not the legal gun owners who want to shoot for sport and 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 uh, hunting and whatever whatever. But it's the same thing in almost every area. You know, in education, you know, they, they restrict you. You've got to go to these government schools. And, you know, what? what's the matter with getting charter schools and private schools, you know, that people can afford? And you get much better results. It's been proven over and over and over again. But and it's the same thing with the health care system. You know, we used to have a perfectly good health care system before the government got involved with it. There was never any lineups. You had surgeries right away. It was a, more or less a private system run by charities and churches and all. That I, I remember in the '60s and and the '50s and '60s and '70s when, uh, well, I think it turned into uh, a socialized government in like '67, '68, uh, something like that. But before that, we had a perfectly good healthcare system. There was no waiting lines. There was no, you know, people weren't on seven, eight, nine drugs, uh, ten, twelve, fifteen drugs. I, I've seen it myself. My neighbors are on those kind of pills, and it's just, you know. Push pills, pushing push and it, 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 you know, when we could have such a great medical system, it, it, if there was more capitalism and and uh, and uh, competition involved in the system, but it's a monopoly run by the government, same as the education system, and they they're not doing us any good. We're we're graduating, you know, people out of universities with with hundred thousand dollars in debt after four years of taking, uh, you know, uh, women's studies, uh, and they can't get a job, and. They, it, You know, the education system is not tailored to the needs of the country. It's tailored to the needs of the government.
0: Robbie, really appreciate your thoughts today.
5: All right. Thanks. One of thanks the things
0: the that take care. One of the things that Robbie has outlined is yeah, you know what? Things things do tend to work out better when you have a lot less red tape. And that's that's always been the way. And a lot of the things he's describing, whether it's added licenses or whether it is the pill pushing, in my mind, you want to see the reason for that? Follow the dollar. Follow the money. That's where that comes from. Why do we have graduated licensing systems? So the government can make it more expensive for everybody to get a license. And then take a look at what we do to pay to drive on the roads. It's a lot of money going in there. Peter, thanks so much for hanging on. Well, the other guy just pretty much covered everything. <laughs> he did a good job you know? of that, didn't he? Well, you know,
12: I think we must be the same age because I'm in total agreement with everything he's everything he said.
0: So then let me ask you this, Peter. Sure. Is there any going back or has the, the horse been let out of the barn and now lives in another province?
12: well you know it's an it's a new day you know it really is and for for people that like myself and the other gentleman i'm sure who's lived through the late 50s and 60s and 70s and we've seen the digression not the progression in in a lot of ways and he's uh, he mentioned you know numerous areas of it and you know when i when i think about it now <clears throat> with this new and getting back on track with the with the uh, driving and and drinking and all that kind of thing, you know, I I, I think it's a stretch because you know, like myself, if I, uh, you know, I come home and I start the barbecue and, you know, I sit down. It's a hot day and I want to have a couple of beers outside on my picnic table or whatever. On a hot day, it doesn't take you long to drink a couple of beers. You know, and maybe I've swerved to miss a kid who's got the earphones on who wasn't watching where the hell he was going and 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 somebody from behind and you know, decide to call the police to get my license number and I, he almost hit a kid and you know, this kind of because it's the, the the day we live in,
13: unfortunately.
0: There's a you paint a scenario though that that you could easily be under the legal limit that yeah, that kid with the earphones may not have been watching where he was going, and you paint a situation where yeah, police are gonna look at that and say, That is suspicious behavior. And they
12: don't get to your house, I'm sure, within 15 or 20
0: minutes. And again, I I don't fault them for that, because if you took a look at the log, the police have to go through with all the calls. uh, And I get get that. But but you also have
12: to get the fact that even if they were within the hour, okay? And by that point, maybe I'm sitting there on my third beer, and I'm impaired Mm -hmm. in accordance to the law. And I'm sitting at my own damn picnic table trying to start my dinner.
0: And that's why the concerns have been raised about this. So, Peter, thank you for the scenario. That, to me, is
12: wrong. Yeah. It absolutely is wrong, and it's not. My father was in the Second World War, fought for his freedoms and everything else. Our freedoms, and I think that that's a a kick in the teeth to to a lot of the vets that fought for those particular freedoms for us to enjoy it.
0: Peter, thanks for the call. Okay, take care. 519-643-2222. Lori, your thoughts on this? Hey,
14: how are you? Great well i i i don't have too much time that was quite the word salad a very right-wing republican shallow thinking back to the good old days word salad from the one fellow but all i want to comment on is i'm going to stay on topic um i'm a retired teacher um the comments about the education system were ridiculous but anyway i am a retired teacher and we have very very big organizations in all the high schools to really educate young people about the dangers of impaired driving. I would say almost every high school in this area, uh, Thames Valley, has lost one or two students to some sort of distracted impaired driving. Very, very hard in the community and the families and the, the school community. And I don't give a darn what the laws are. I don't go home and get drunk, so I don't care. And I have always, always supported OSET and MADD, Mothers Against Drunk Driving, uh, regarding stricter and stricter laws. It's basically choosing to harm a person, harm a family, or God forbid, kill a person if you drink and get behind the wheel. Now, the loophole about the private property, they'll work out the loophole. Rules aren't for smart people. Rules are for stupid people.
0: Lori, I have one question to ask, and that yep. is in in your time in the education system, what have you seen in terms of how students... Uh, have, have either kept their attitudes or have changed their attitudes toward impaired driving? What have you seen?
14: I have seen a tremendous improvement since I started teaching 1986 to now a tremendous awareness, improvement, planning ahead. There's still accidents, but honest to Pete, it's not like when I remember starting teaching. It was tragic. We had a few high school years, three or four kids. Terrible, terrible. So I think they are better um, than my demographic. I will say that the teenagers are better than my demographic, which is over 50, in terms of making decisions around drinking and driving. Texting's another subject. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a sign of the times, and we'll get there too. But I think they're better than, I don't know your
0: demographic,
14: but they're better I'm, than I, mine. You
0: and I are in the same demographic.
14: Yeah, I think they're better than us.
0: Yeah, I hope so, and I hope the stats begin to bear that.
14: Yes, I do,
0: too. Lori, thanks Anyways, for the thank call. You
14: for- <laughs> You're welcome. You have a
0: good day. And thanks for the insight. I always love it when people can provide insight. And, you know, it, I can appreciate the good old days. I can. I can appreciate exactly what the good old days were like, what Robbie and Peter are pointing to. And I appreciate that there there was a different world out there. And I, I struggle to know how to balance the two. And I think, you know, government officials, and this is what we have to remember, and we've had a lot of people who have been able to slag government officials today, whether it's Trump, whether it's Trudeau, whether we've we've heard shots at, at anybody or governments in general. Government officials don't go to work and go, how can we screw this up today? How do we stick it to them today? They don't do that. They're looking to do things to improve. The unfortunate thing is we get so many branches doing so many different things And money is always an issue. Well, we don't want to raise taxes. Well, we don't have to raise taxes if we make it a, let's have a graduated licensing system. Or let's change hunting licenses. Or let's change gun licenses. or And it looks good if you're making changes to things that could harm other people. So that's where a lot of this comes from. In this case, I do wonder whether just having that suspicion that... Police can use in order to ask you to take a breathalyzer test. Whether just that is going to make at least one or two people say, you know what? I've had one beer. I'm going to call it quits right now. I'm going to mix in water the rest of the way. And that's what I'm going to do. Now, as Lori pointed out, yeah, are there loopholes? Sure. Will they aim to close those over time? Probably the courts will do it. Could we encounter some issues like what Gary described or what Peter or or Robbie described? Yeah, we could. We could. But in the end, here's hoping that this does make things better. They're trying something. And I don't say that you ever knock somebody... For trying something. If you're on hold, please stick with us. Emails to get to. We really have to take a break. We'll do that right now. Thanks so much for everything you've given to the show so far. This is London Live on Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. Back to the phones we go. We've been talking about a report that came out from Sean O'Shea yesterday from Global News where he had talked to a criminal defense lawyer, where he talked to another criminal defense lawyer, and it dealt with Section 253 of the Criminal Code, which does give police greater powers to seek breast samples from drivers who might be driving while impaired. To the point that within two hours of you driving and you going home, police, under the changes to the criminal code, have the right to knock on the door. We've had a couple of people saying, well, you just don't answer the door. I guess that's a strategy. I don't think police can come in. And again, we'll aim to talk with a a defense lawyer tomorrow about this. We have a number of calls out and usually they come back, but hey, today might be a busy day in the legal world. So eventually they do come back. So we'll set that up for tomorrow. Right now, let's head to the phones with Ted. Ted, your thoughts on this?
15: Uh, What we're missing here in this uh, particular time is personal responsibility. Nobody wants to take any kind of responsibility for their actions. It's always about their human rights. Now, the gentleman yesterday that admitted he was wrong and so, uh, with a truck driver in the Saskatchewan disaster, that gave me a really, really good, put me in a good mood for the rest of the day because he did the right thing. Now, uh, we know that you can't drink and drive. I've been, I've struggled with alcohol all my life. When I went and got sober, I didn't have to worry about drinking and driving. And a lot of the cases with people who are who are drinking and have problems with alcohol addictions and drugs. Is once they get the stuff in their system, they don't give, up, they don't care. They just go, and that's that's why they're getting picked up. And inexperienced drinkers are getting picked up right around Christmas and that too. And but the, this idea that that you can just be stopped and uh, for any reason at all. It's draconian. There's going to be court challenges about it. There's going to be problems with it, a lot of problems with it. Because the, we don't live in a police state. We live in a, in a, in a democracy. But if we emphasize personal responsibility over, over human rights and everybody's rights, uh, everybody's so sensitive about everything. Remember the carding situation? Mm-hmm. What happened there? Well, was he, some, we can't do that. You can't do that. Well, if you, can't, if you can't card people, then you can't just stop and do anything at all. It's ridiculous.
0: And this, you you raise an interesting term, Ted, in carding, because in, you know, some people would draw those lines and say there are a lot of similarities between carding and what is happening here. Really appreciate the call. Hey, just a sec.
15: Yeah. What happened when they did the carding is the gun violence went down. So there's a certain dichotomy doing, the, doing that, that particular act. And if you and if can't go after them, then I guess. Uh,
0: We don't care, do we? And there are stats to back up exactly what you said, coming from Toronto police.
15: Yeah, and we're not allowed to talk about it. Because it's it's racism. And if if those people care about themselves, they would start to call in on their own people who are doing that. Watch them, keep an eye on them. When they see somebody fool around with a gun, call the cops. Same as a when
0: you see a guy drinking and driving. Ted, got to go for news. Thanks for the thoughts today. Bye. News is coming up next. This is Global News Radio, 980 CFPL. This half hour, we are going to be in conversation with London Knights General Manager Mark Hunter. OHL trade deadline is done. And we are also going to find out why the London Knights are going to be wearing eggplant and teal on Saturday afternoon when they host the Ottawa 67s. Yes? 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 They are having a throwback game. We'll give you the details on that. First, one more call, and I want to thank Bill for hanging on on this on impaired driving. Then I want to get to a, a couple of emails on it. Bill, what did you want to add to the conversation?
1: Hey, Mike, it's Bill again. I'm, uh, I'm amazed you really do have a busy show today. But, um, <laughs> so uh, I just kind of wanted to call and ask, um, how does this relate to uh, marijuana impaired driving? Um, would the cops essentially be able to come knocking at your door uh, and demand that you come back with them to the uh, headquarters for a blood test?
0: Well, you know what? That's a question, and I I'd said it earlier. We, we tried to get a criminal defense lawyer on today and were unsuccessful, but I wanted to have the conversation because I felt it was an important one. So that is one that I'm going to put down on a piece of paper. I can't answer it, but I'm going to try and find somebody who can.
1: Okay, Mike, and then just one last thing, yeah. and this is uh just big props to you, man. Um, I used to love listening to Andrew back when he felt uh, filled this spot, and when you came in, I was honestly, uh I'm very political, so I was extremely skeptical. I, I, there was, some, in my eyes, some pretty big shoes for you to fill, but honestly, man, you've taken what used to be one of the more, I don't know, I would, I want to call it darker, uh, few hours in the day uh but yeah you've taken it from being more politically based and you've turned it into and i think for a lot of people all of us loyal listeners of uh of andrew you turned us all into um loyal listeners of you and you've made these few hours into now one of the brighter points in our day and uh yeah you're, you're the breath
0: of breath of fresh
1: air mike and uh i really love listening to you
0: hey bill thanks for taking the time to say that okay man you have a wonderful day you too okay bye Well, thanks, Bill. Um, Thank you a lot. Let's get to a couple of emails on this. Alan says that, uh, let me get it to load here, police versus court is what he had outlined, and now my email is not loading. I was talking about technology earlier, and, well, what is my technology doing for me right now? Uh, We have been talking about... A number of different things today, and I really appreciate the input that everybody has given because it really adds a lot of different perspectives to the conversation, and I think that's what's great about all of the calls we've had. We've had some very differing Perspectives. We've had left leaning, right leaning, center leaning. I think we've even gone to some areas where I didn't even know there was a leaning. Uh, again, I can't get my emails to load. I will get to Heather's email. I will get to Alan's email in just a moment. We also have Mark Hunter coming up as well, and we're going to talk about the OHL trade deadline coming and going at noon today so everybody who has moved has moved and now the league moves in a really fun direction and we'll also talk about why the knights are going to be wearing eggplant and teal i'll get my emails they're here they just they won't they won't load can i hand my phone to somebody is there anybody who's under the age of 15 who can take my phone right now and figure out what's going wrong with it this is global news radio 980 cfbl My emails still aren't working on my phone. But I do have them, thanks to other forms of technology. Alan... Adding the last words that we'll have on the changes to impaired driving laws and now what police can do. And again, this came up because Sean O'Shea of Global News had pointed to a section of Section 253 in the Criminal Code of Canada, which says police for two hours after you complete your drive home could knock on your door and ask for a breathalyzer test. And so Al says, the police may not need reasonable grounds to pull you over and ask for a breathalyzer, but the burden of proof remains with the prosecutor in a court of law, innocent until proven guilty. I understand and appreciate why the laws are changing. We all want to crack down on drinking and driving. But a lot of cases are going to get thrown out because of a lack of evidence or the existence of doubt. And that's going to cost people money. And that's going to take up court time. Heather says, these new laws concern me because I'm asthmatic and have a very difficult time getting enough air to make a breathalyzer work. So if it happens to me, I could possibly get charged because of not being able to provide a sample. Makes me very nervous driving, even with absolutely no alcohol in my system. Terrible change to the law, according to Heather. I do not support it. Have a good day. That's another thing that that I will ask then. What if you are physically unable to provide a sample? What happens then? And I mentioned that the Knights are going to be wearing eggplant and teal on Saturday. And we'll have details on that in just a few minutes. And we did get a call saying it's actually auberge and teal. I didn't even know that was a color. Auberge? When the Knights, just to clarify, when the Knights did wear those uniforms in the mid-90s and late-90s, I was doing games for them for part of that time. And I didn't really like saying the words eggplant and teal on the air. I just, it didn't sound very hockey to me. So I started saying burgundy and blue, and I was told to stop doing that, that it was eggplant and teal. So auberge and teal, that's still not very hockey. Auberge is not a hockey color. You know what the night's out right now? Green and gold. Those are hockey colors. They're green and they're gold. There's nothing that you have to, if somebody says, oh, that's a slight bit of auberge, Should I brush it off? Is is there an ointment for that that I could use? Some kind of salve? Is there a homemade remedy? Is there a life hack? Auberge and blue. But this would be Auberge and teal. Why are we talking about this? Because the Knights are going to be going retro on Saturday when they take on the Ottawa 67s. And Ryan Starr will join us from the London Knights in just a little bit. But we will talk with Mark Hunter as well because... OHL trade deadline day is today, and the trade deadline has passed. And we have seen the London Knights add to their roster, not necessarily on deadline day. You don't always want to do it on deadline day, but they have made some additions to their roster and now have seen other teams do the same. So if you want to look at a new season preview, Knights are in first place in the West. Sault Ste. Marie wasn't able to do much. In fact, they traded... A guy away so you might wonder if they drop back just a little bit instead of being kind of that number two favorite whether they become number four because Guelph and Saginaw improved their team by way of trades in the east you've got Ottawa you've got Niagara Oshawa tinkered a little bit and made different types of moves but Ottawa and Niagara are there it's a select field right now in the Ontario Hockey League when you're looking for favorites the fun part about it the London Knights are in it. They are in that field. Joining us right now, general manager of the London Knights, Mark Hunter. Mark, have you had that deep breath since the end of the, the trade deadline? Yes. It's,
13: it's nice to, to move on and have your finished product of what your team you have. You're you going to put on the ice for the rest of the season. And well, we're excited about our team, Mike. And uh, I think it's something uh, um, we got, we, we have some really good young players that we need to play and, and develop. And, and we got a group of older kids that know what's all about with the Bouchards and the Fermentons, and and uh so hopefully they can lead in with and with the and so we got a good group of young uh young guys and, and a good mixture of older guys in the room. So we're excited about our team and uh it's something that uh you know I've, It'd be nice to have the playoffs starting right now.
0: (laughs) I don't think you're alone in hoping for that. But you know what? There are a couple of moves that you made yesterday and today that help us to really illustrate something about what junior hockey is all about. Yesterday, you traded Sergey Popov to Owen Sound, and today you traded Jacob Golden to uh, the Erie Otters, and you traded Emmett Pierce, who's been playing in Strathroy, to Flint, and people are going to wonder, well, wait, we what are the Knights doing? They're, they're trading guys away, but it's about giving opportunity. Can you explain kind of how that works in junior hockey?
13: You know what? it's It, it was that uh, Jacob Golden was You know, was pushed back a little bit. Uh, He's a really good defenseman. I I think there's a little more upside. um, But we had some players ahead that, uh, you know, at this time were a little bit better. And uh, um, so, you know, we felt he was been a real good individual for a hockey club here. And so pushing ahead here, we gave him a good opportunity to go to Erie to be a one-two. And, uh, you know, what, he was in tough to get that position for us at this moment.
0: And it is, in a way, when you're still dealing with guys who are hoping to make the jump to that next level, even Jacob Golden's a guy who's a draft pick of the Minnesota Wild. They need to get those minutes, don't they?
13: Yes, they do. And you know what? He's been very patient, uh, and he's been uh, a real good person for this organization. So it was a tough move, but it was his decision. I left it in his – it was up to him what he wanted to do. I I didn't want to leave him out in the lurch where it wasn't – uh, he could make a decision where, okay, do I want to stay here or do I want to play in uh, Erie where I can get more ice time? He made that decision, and you know what we 're fully behind him, but it was it was his decision, which it should be the decision, and there are young men that need a chance to play, what you said before mike and 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 show us stuff, so he 'll go there and play well, and you know what he 's really grown as a young man here, and i 'm actually really proud of him.
0: Mark Hunter, Knights general manager, joining us. Mark, one final thing: if you watch other teams and and what they're adding, how closely are you paying attention and kind of gauging what other teams are up to?
13: It's interesting. You know, you got a team like Guelph that did a lot of moves. Um, you know what, and and did some good moves. But uh, you know what, we believe in our team. You know it. You know we can have all the the best individual star players of, uh, but it's a team that wins and. Uh, uh, you need a, a team that plays well together, you know, and have fun together and win together. And so I'm not saying Guelph can't do it. it. It just right now, our chemistry in our room is very good. We made a few changes, but we had some good young guys. We need to play here too. I mean, uh, D'Angelo and, and uh, um, you know, I mean, like Michael. And I mean, these kids are good players and uh, Panwar. And, and so we can go on and on about our young guys they need a certain amount of ice time and we need to play them and and uh, they're their bright futures for our club so you know what is is a fine mixture and i i believe by the end they'll they'll keep getting better and better with our coaching staff and and with Dale behind the bench so i'm excited about our team because we really have a good mixture of good young players some good veteran guys and and there's a good push to, uh, to win, except maybe from the third period we did against Guelph the other night.
0: Well, you know what? London versus Guelph is going to be must-see hockey for the next little while. I can't wait. We haven't had that rivalry to that level in a while. All
13: right. Thanks, Mike.
0: Okay, thanks, Mark. Have a great day. See you now. That is Knights General Manager Mark Hunter. So, And that's what junior hockey is about. There are a lot of people, and this is something that you'll hear us talking about on the Around the OHL podcast this week. It isn't out yet. It'll come out tomorrow. And it's just kind of some of the the behind-the-scenes stuff. Because people will look from far away and say, there shouldn't even be trading in junior hockey because these are teenage guys and they're in high school or they're in college or in university. But there's more to it than that. And it is about giving players an opportunity. And you know what? Schooling is such anymore that it fits around the players. You look at the London Knights – their players who are at the high school level are at the Blythe Academy and what helps in that way they can form the kind of the scholastic calendar for the players they can take into account well you know what we've got a road trip coming up next week that's 4 days long we will not have a test during those four days, but maybe we'll have one before, and maybe we'll have one the week after. You can really, really tailor things, and there are a lot of teams that do that. So a lot of that stuff coming up on the Around the OHL podcast this week as well. We'll recap the trade deadline. Knights are going to be wearing auberge and teal, or eggplant and teal, or really just other colors, throwback kind of colors, on Saturday. We'll give you the details on that before we close out London Live. That comes next. This is Global News Radio 980 CFPL. I really have to learn my colors. It's aubergine. Of course it is. Ryan Starr joins us, Director of Media Relations and Branding for the London Knights. Ryan, things have been uh, kind of busy with the trade deadline. You ready for life to become a little less hectic?
16: <laughs> yeah, definitely ready for that. Uh, as a, one that kind of puts out a lot of the press releases and, and social media uh, postings, it's good chance to get my uh, fingers arrest rest uh, <laughs> coming up after the trade deadline here.
0: Well, your fingers are getting a rest, but you know what, Uh, your ordering skills probably not because you guys are going to do a special uniform on Saturday as the Knights take on the Ottawa 67s for a 3.30 start. Remember that, it is a 3.30 puck drop at Budweiser Gardens. What are you doing?
16: Well, uh, we're going to be throwing it back a little bit. It's superhero night at uh, Budweiser Gardens, so... We have a, a couple superheroes coming. Batman might make an appearance. Deadpool might be here, and then a, a certain uh, superhero from the early 2000s, or some people might consider it a supervillain from the early 2000s, uh, might be making a, a special appearance as well. Uh, and our, our players are definitely going to be involved in it.
0: Okay, uh, you've you've got us guessing now. Could this <laughs> superhero or supervillain actually be on the uniform?
16: Yeah, yeah. Uh if if you take a look at our, our Instagram and our Twitter and our Facebook pages, um, there's a, a little bit of a hint as to to what's coming back. Um but you know, I, I think you just you just gotta think about the early nineties and, and Rick Nash and and I'm pretty sure you can imagine what it's gonna
0: be. Affectionately known not as Spider Man but as Spider Knight. Yeah, exactly. Now this should be fun. This certainly has created a big buzz among Knights fans. What prompted doing this? Would it be to tie it into Superhero Knight?
16: Yeah, that, that's exactly the reason. And, and you know what? We, we get it all the time. Uh, fans saying, oh, you got to bring back Spider Knight, or you got to bring back the Purple for a game here or there. And, and uh, we, we finally got the go-ahead to, to go through with it, so we're pretty excited. I know the players are pumped, too. Uh, they're going to be excited to see their names on uh, some of those old school jerseys.
0: That's fantastic. Okay, so that is for Saturday, and the big thing to remember is the game is now a 3.30 puck drop. It's going to be a national TV broadcast, so 3.30 puck drop, and you'll be able to show off that eggplant and teal on Saturday to a national audience. Look forward to it. Ryan, thanks so much for this. Yeah, no problem, Susie. Ryan Starr of the London Knights. Back to close out the show in a moment on Global News Radio 980 CFPL. It is nearly time for news with Jacqueline LaBelle. A story before we go, though. How about that? This is a lesson to all of us. Be careful what you are dared to do. Everybody loves a dare, right? I triple dog dare you. Everybody loves that. Be careful. Don't lick the poles, especially today. Not lick the poles. Somebody always licks a pole. Here's what happened in Tulsa. A Porsche pulls up out front of a courthouse and a guy gets out and he's not wearing pants. He actually is what was described as nude from the waist down. He was, however, wearing a black leather harness, a blue t-shirt and black running shoes. The man proceeded to walk up the steps and somehow enter the courthouse normally at a courthouse you've got to go through a metal detector and he wasn't making it through that but somehow he entered the courthouse he was completely exposed there were deputies inside he was recorded on a surveillance video Tulsa get those metal detectors going and now has been arrested on a complaint of indecent exposure um he's going to have to go to court with pants on the next time they've requested that specifically but because he was dared to do this that's the reason why he chose to walk into a courthouse wearing a harness and no pants Um, the fines range into the thousands of dollars you can't do that just be careful what you are dared to do coming up on the show tomorrow I'm putting my fingers together, I'm crossing them right now, that we can get a criminal defense lawyer, not necessarily to explore everything we were talking about today, but certainly to get an answer for a couple of things. One, about police officers and whether or not you aren't drunk or perceived to be drunk, but perhaps impaired in other ways, and what if you're physically unable to perform in a breathalyzer test. Thanks so much to Matt McKinnis for all of his help today. Thank you to you. You brought so many great perspectives to the show. Much appreciated. That's what talk radio is all about. London Live is brought to you by Winmar, your restoration specialist. Jacqueline LaBelle comes up next. She has news. This has been London Live on Global News Radio 980 CFPL.